present the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening, and have a dope day! One guest, uh, or one host, Sam Ferguson, and and I am Zachary Ferguson of the two people from this radio show. There you it really go. does take me a little bit, like mental-wise, to um, say uh, radio show every time. You always forget that. Well, yeah, I guess it's not, it is. It's not a forget thing. It's just um, podcasts are so in these days that I want to say podcast. But uh, we are not a podcast ever. No, we are. I mean, we are, we're converted into a podcast. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways, uh, let me just just the meters. Um. I think this is fine. Um. So yeah. Hello. Uh. This is two thumbs undecided. We um. We talk about movies, uh, media, what's going on in the world. Uh. We just finished up. Um, are well, we not finished up, but a majority of the, the last two weeks have been all focused on um, New York New Film York Festival. Film Festival, which is basically, I mean, for the press, it's it just began for the commoners, um, the plebeians, <laughs> the peasants, for the peasants oh, of the New plebeians. York. I like plebeians more than yeah, peasants. The plebeians of New York, but for the press, uh, a lot of it's over. Um, and I did watch, uh, I did watch two films. Uh, this. Right, let me adjust the mics a little bit more. Uh, I did watch two films this uh, this week at the New York Film Festival. One of them being um, maybe a third, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but obviously, it's not uh, big enough for me to remember it. Um, Seriously. Well, yeah. you watched Marriage Story, right? Well, okay. That's the, uh... First, I watched Parasite, um, which is the new Bong uh, Joon-ho film. Uh, for those what was of you- that? Parasite? No, uh, the director's name. Bong Joon Ho. Okay. He um uh he for those of you who don't know he did Snowpiercer. Yes. He did um Mother. Okja, he did Mother. Um he did um what was the one horror movie that we watched? We did an episode on him. Um. Well, I was away that uh, that week, that fateful week. Oh well, you guys can listen back on the. Anyways, he's a big guy in 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 world cinema and all cinema. He's a big director, um, and he won this movie Parasite. Um, he became the first uh, South Korean director to win the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Um, and uh, yes, although I obviously great stuff, great stuff. Um, great, love the guy, love his filmography. You love him. This film was not as great as I think. Um, a lot of the hype is. Um, I mean, it definitely had all the quirks and and things that you could love of his films, and with like buzzards. the weird, the interesting family culture or the little family dynamics is interesting. Like the strange, funny scenes at very serious moments. Um, I I just felt like a lot of the movie just focused too much on the whole premise, which is just about like this kind of poor family 
slowly infiltrating like the help of this one rich uh, family, like a parasite. Um, oh, yeah, I see. That's kind of the premise of the film, but it just it that took a like a long part of the film was just them slowly, and it was interesting, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I just. It was seems it like a sort of thing you don't really need. It was kind of scary. It seems like a sort of movie you don't really need to see in theaters. You can definitely watch at home. It wasn't extremely cinematically like beautiful or like the it was, there was no like incredible shots. Um I'd do say Do they say the title of the movie? Do they go No, they hey, never do. You're a real parasite. They never do. But I I think in this case it's fine because I don't want to, you know, obviously it's it's a it's like a parasite, but it, I you don't want to be on the nose. Um, like for sometimes it works with like you know a portrait of a lady on fire because that's it's not about uh, it's not like a symbolism for a per- portrait of a lady on fire. It's like that is part of the story is a portrait of a lady on fire. But um, there's a portrait that is literally set on fire that has a a woman in it. Well, part of that phrase, but the lady is on fire in the portrait. Um, well, it, it's kind of like saying, um, I think in like the TV show Breaking Bad, I don't think anybody ever says Breaking Bad. I think they say break your like you're trying to break bad. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but no, no one says Parasite. I don't know. I th- I think it um, that's, that's a, that's it's a, a fun film. It's a film you don't need to watch in theaters. Uh, I think it's it definitely has a lot to do with class dynamics um the poor and the rich um and how you know there's probably a lot of undertones that i'm not really focusing on i just i uh i didn't think he's i think mother is still his his best film in my opinion um, really i enjoy snowpiercer the, the most snowpiercer is good i think mother though of his films that are like snowpiercer is good but also it got a lot of money from hollywood and I, I don't think I can really compare it to his other films. Well, um, I think it was money well spent. It was money well spent. I mean, I think there's <laughs> Snowpiercer and uh, what's it called? Mother, I think, are are great for different reasons. But this one, I think, you know, I'm glad he got a palm to or. But this film, I don't think is as great as his other films. Still good, but maybe not as great. Um, the other movie I saw was... Uh, uh, Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach. Love this movie. And I really have no... The only complaint I would say in this movie, and it's coming to um, Netflix. Uh, oh, really? Oh, that's right. It's yeah, Netflix it's a Netflix thing. film, which is funny because Netflix used to be all anti-cinema, and now more and more films are like, they're doing... When were they um, ever anti-cinema? They were anti... Well, they're anti-movie theaters. They were just like very strict about not having their films in theaters. Um, I don't and, know if they were specifically. No, they they definitely they were. They said they said they they were like, oh, we're not going to show this in theaters. Yeah, no, they they they're not like Amazon Studios has well, like long just trying to has long Amazon. releases. The only reason they have their movies in theaters now is just so they can be uh, to piss off Steven Spielberg. To piss off Steven Spielberg, and also to be yeah to be in Oscars um, to get that to be shiny gold. Oh. Damn it, I said the movie. Or I said the award show that we don't talk about. <laughs> That's right. Um, But yeah, so no. But Marriage Story, honestly, up there with Kramer versus Kramer. Um, incredible movie. Uh, I was enthralled. 
the whole time. It got a standing ovation at the New York Film Festival. Um, be excited for this film. If you if you have no experience with divorce, if you've been through a divorce, I think it did a really good job at um, depicting... Oh, divorce. Yeah, spoilers. depicting... Well, okay. Spoilers. But not spoilers. It, depicting both sides of... Um, of of a marriage of like or of, of like both the, the the male and the female in this the relationship and it also was fairly interesting about like the lawyers in this situation of like the lawyers play a big part in this movie um and how you bring in these lawyers who are really not attached personally at all and just completely one of the lines is um criminal criminal uh lawyers find uh the worst people at their best and divorce lawyers find uh the best people at their worst and I think that was a fairly interesting point. Also, there was a talk back afterwards with the whole cast. Scarlett Johansson, Noah Baumbach, Adam Driver. Um, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta was there. He didn't talk that much. Um, he really, Honestly, Adam Driver and Ray Liotta really did not seem like they um, wanted to be there. I, but one I of think the- Ray Liotta was probably too sad about what was happening to his good friend Robert De Niro and uh, Martin Scorsese. What was happening to them? Well, I mean, Robert De Niro has like a four million dollar lawsuit. Against oh yeah. Him. Well, we'll get that in a sec. But um, oh, but was anyway, Alan Alba there? Yes, Alan. Yeah, he was there, and he had a great. He what's what? It was kind of sad though, because like he was um, I could see in the movie like he was kind of shaking, like his hand was kind of shaking. Um, he was an old man, and I thought it was part of the character. But then whenever he came out for the talkback, like he was having trouble holding the mic, so. Um, hopefully he's doing well. But um, uh, oh, but one of the things, two things I really loved about the talkback. One is Noah Baumbach went into the rate or the aspect ratio of the film, which <laughs> you love. I love, love the aspect ratio. He said he specifically made it one point six six as opposed to like the typical one point eight five or whatever. And then he was oh, like man. covering his track and he's like, for those who care about aspect ratio. And I was like, I care about aspect ratio. And he was like, yeah, Everybody I did it. Everybody in the thing was like, make it I, feel have, more. I don't. Oh, how is, uh, what is Scarlett, is Scarlett Johansson really short? She was actually late to the thing and she didn't uh, say much. I don't know. I don't, I don't care too much about Scarlett Johansson. Um, but the last thing I'm going to say about the film or about the talk back at least is, um, uh, people were asked when they when they kicked it back to the audience. First off, the interview itself was not good. Like the 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 panel seemed kind of confused about what the person was asking, um, and she asked very mundane questions. And whenever they kicked it to the audience, the audience asked horrible questions. Like no offense to the audience. I mean, I'm part of the audience or the press, but they were asking maybe not horrible, but they were asking kind of just mundane questions about like how did you deal with um, the emotions of the scene. Which I think is just a boring answer because it's their job, you know. It's like, how do you deal with your job? Like, you just, it's my job to deal with it. I don't know. Um, and one of the questions I was, I was about to ask a question. I was so close, but then they stopped it right before I had the chance to ask. Um, but there's a scene at the end, and this isn't spoilers because it has really nothing to do with the story. There's a scene Boy. at the end in which uh, all the main characters are wearing the different Beatles costumes from the Sgt. Pepper album. Um, and I was going to ask, was there a reason why, a specific reason why each character was wearing that? Um, and then he would have been, and then, okay, imagine I'm Noah uh, Bombeck, okay? And I just finished the question. Okay. Uh, do we have any more questions? <laughs> yeah, Noah Bombeck is, is the one saying I, this. 
I'm kicking and screaming up here. Also, can you adjust your camera or whatever? Because like you're like in the in the very corner of my. Don't look at me. You don't need to see me. All right, fine. Anyways, I'm Noah Bombeck. Hello. <laughs> anybody? Anybody out there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a squid. Okay. And a whale. <laughs> Being cut. <laughs> See this is question. also exactly how it is. <laughs> also, when you're Somebody, laughing into the mic, Zach, it's like making this. I know, sound. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to pull the mic away while I laugh. Hello, anybody out right, there? A get question. <laughs> Whoa, young sir, you, you, what do you want? Oh, uh, all the movie, all the characters at the end have a Sergeant Pepper outfit. Um, is there any reason why the characters? Have a specific out from it from a, a specific beetle. Yes, there is a good. That's a that's an okay question. All right. Um. Yeah. Paul McCartney wandered onto the set, and he was like, <laughs> "Let me do my Paul McCartney impersonation." He he said, "Hey, <laughs> no, oh, hi, no, Bombok." <laughs> You should dress up your characters in one of my albums. Have you ever heard? <laughs> Sergeant Pepper and the Lonely Heart Band. I wrote that song and I said, yes. And so we dressed them up like that. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? Thank you, Mr. Bombback. <laughs> Little boy, yeah. I'm like eating a lollipop at this time and like having one of those call spinny me, things in my mouth. Call head. me, call me Doctor Bombeck. Oh, hey Doctor Bombeck, thank you for answering my question, sir. Don't hate me. I'm what? not a horse. <laughs> All right, and scene. Anyways, those were the those okay. were the two films that I saw. Um, Parasite, good, go see it. Marriage Story, definitely see it in theaters if you can, but also see it on Netflix. Um, nice. And um, right. now let's talk about some of the news. You brought up ble- briefly the Scorsese thing. Um, I did. If you want to talk about that. Oh, uh, boy. So our boy, our boy in the, uh, in the glasses, Martin Scorsese, he, uh, he made a comment recently in an Empire magazine, for all you people who don't know about this, he made a comment saying, comparing Marvel movies, and by Marvel, he specifically said the Marvel Cinematic Universe. To theme parks and that they're not oh wait 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 we, we're we're not getting to that part talk about De Niro you I told you we're doing that at the the end of the news sorry he did tell me that folks okay um Robert De Niro this isn't as big as of uh, news um well it's kind of big it's not that honestly I think he can beat it but the news is that I guess he yelled at a female um employee. And the employee thought it was mean or that, sexist. That's, that's not so the. See... Go ahead. And now she's suing him. And now he's now she's suing him for four million dollars. Well, um, that's so. The original allegation was De Niro was suing her because basically she was watching Friends instead of doing her work, and yeah, she was like, like a major four hours producer. Of friends. 
it was more than four hours. It was like four hours every. Oh no, it was like four days. Yeah, it was basically the main thing was just like she wasn't doing her job and she was just like watching things, and then she turns around and she is now suing him for sexual harassment for basically making not just her but like making the whole office feel like he's like stuck to old allegation or like the old like you know calling people like the c word in front of them and like pinching asses and um that sort of stuff um and that's it that's the yeah so that's the allegation which is i guess we'll i don't see, know we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but i mean i hate to be i don't i don't want to say I, I mean it's it's kind of a it just it does seem kind of like he sues her and then she turns We're around and sues him um well, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not going to say anything boy. until other people. I mean, yeah, you should always believe the person and all this, but it does, it does seem like it is kind of uh, convenient. It, it, it and seems, until other yeah. people come out and say, like, if one other person comes out, maybe they have, but well, right now it does seem kind of uh, convenient timing that it, she's being well, sued it, for millions. It it paints the picture of like you know someone says, "Hey, I'm firing you because you're not doing a job," and then it's like. Hey, you're an asshole. Yeah. Um, kind of. Thing. Yeah. But you know, once again, this is a delicate conversation yeah. because if it is true, then that's yeah. Horrible. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it too much. But yeah, I mean, that's my original. When I first saw it, that was my original reaction. Was like, okay, yeah. like let's let's get someone else saying this. Um, but uh, yeah. So there was the that. Um, also a little bit of uh two to you news. Um, first off, we have these stickers that we just got, uh, and we're going to be putting those around. I, I was going to say that if you call in and talk about where you see the sticker, you'll get a prize. What, what do they get? (laughs) They get, Zach will give them $5. I will get, oh no, um, $5. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have $5. I'm afraid to even go to the doctors, man, right, and I well, have good health insurance. Anyways, we'll get a little prize. You'll get, you know, you might just get airtime. You'll get something. I don't know. We'll we'll ask you once you want, and then we'll lower it till it gets to the point where we can uh, <laughs> give that thing. <laughs> we um, can do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, a little bit lower. Um, a dollar. Uh, let's, mm, 50 cents. No, yeah, we'll, like we'll, uh, five. Eh, we'll have five. Got to come here, though. I'm not coming to you. Anyways, um, but yeah, but anyways, keep a lookout for those stickers. Also, next week we're going to be actually having an interview. Um, oh, this with, is big. Yeah, we're going to be having an interview with uh one of the directors uh of the New York Film Festival. Um, Ooh, but which one? Don't uh, maybe we should keep it a surprise. Uh, well, I have his I have his name. Um, but it's it's uh he's the director of Beanpole. His name is. Keep it a surprise. Oops. One more sec. One sec. Sorry, guys. Oh, you want it to be a surprise? Yes. Okay. Because Fine. Like, we'll no, keep it a surprise. No, it, it could be anybody, but of course you. I already. That yeah, I already he. said it was the director of Beanpool, so I'm just gonna. Oh. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna reveal it now. Yeah. Kantemir Belogov. Kantemir Um, is his name. Um, and but yeah, it's gonna be like a little, a little brief thirty minute. I'm going to the Kino Lobber. Uh, headquarters and we're going to do a little interview and that'll be part of next week's episode um, 
yeah. So the, that's a little bit of our news. Um, any other news in? I have a few, few things. Um, uh, no, I, I got, I got nothing. Timothy Chalamet, for some reason, out is now the um, poster boy for young Hollywood for IndieWire. Uh, IndieWire came out with two articles talking. Basically, where it just the article title was Timoth- Timothy Chalamet said this about this movie, and Timothy Chalamet talks about growing up with streaming and with like being like young in the current generation, and I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, or not rubbed me the wrong way. I don't care that much, but it's just like I don't know. I'm get, getting kind of tired of Timothy uh, saturation. Do you feel the same way? Or do you care? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I really have not seen much of him except for uh, Lady Bird. Wow! And I thought he, I thought he was okay in that. So you really need to see "Call Me by Your Name." Uh, it is a good okay. movie. It's a great movie. Um, okay. Also, I'll before we get to our, um, also it's the fiftieth anniversary of My Python, which is good when it debuted. Um, so congrats to My Python for still being talked about. I guess. Um, and then before we get to our, the last thing really is, uh, the Joker just opened up, um, October 4th, three yeah, days, two days ago. Have, neither um, of us have seen it. Neither of us have so. seen it, so we're not going to be talking, but it is, it's causing a lot of, uh, AMC has a thing where they're not letting people go alone to see it, because hmm. apparently a lot of theaters are worried of copycat, um, things happening because the movie is obviously about a guy going nuts and kind of causing like a riot. Um, so they're worried about the Batman, you know, there was, there was like the shooting, um, in with the dark Knight premiere, um, or the dark Knight rises premiere where the guy, um, shot up a theater at the premiere of the dark Knight rises. Um, and there was a myth that went around saying that he was claiming to be like Joker, but that it wasn't, uh, that wasn't the case. He was just nuts. um, so that's kind of where this kind of started from. Um, but the media seems to really want to push this down our throats. That well, uh, they keep they keep making uh, like posters and putting them somewhere. Though I saw a funny one that was something about like, um, <laughs> like we will not allow anybody who we suspect to be uh, a, a horror, like a desperate virgin. Oh yeah, I saw like, that. But it was like it went into like explicit detail of like how they. <laughs> that was at ArcLight. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. It, it, well, it had the ArcLight thing on it. Mm. <laughs> but it 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 was a funny. I wish I had the photo, but it made me laugh. Um, I'm trying laugh. to find made this me... this news article I found, but of course, whenever you're trying to find something, it's not there. Um, but the the well, anyways I... the um. Uh, the fan or the, the the movie. I mean, obviously, the movie is is breaking all these records opening weekend. Um, because of this, I think. I mean, obviously, this I, I it, uh, this is doing nothing but good things for the film, causing all this hype about it, about how bad it is for the for people and all this also stuff. Also, DC baby, and DC know? as well. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying, like DC hasn't. I mean, except for Wonder Woman, but DC hasn't really. Uh, had a big hit in a while yeah um but is this i mean i haven't seen it so we'll see if it has like the dc logo on it i mean like uh the dark knight didn't doesn't really say like this is a dc thing 
Um, it just says it's like, it just says it's, it's, I think it just says like whatever distributed by Universal or whatever. It didn't have like that DC logo or maybe it did. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So anyways, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it for the news besides what we're about to talk about. Um, which is, uh, this whole Scorsese debacle. Um, if you want to do the honor, Zach. Talk about it. Oh, it would be my pleasure. So the the discussion here is that Martin Scorsese said that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not is not cinema, and that they are unto like a theme park. Which I'm trying to wrap my head around what I I, mean, I kind of understand what that means. It's it's like saying they're like candy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not very good for you but they're enjoyable to eat. Uh, they're not really, you know, they're not, it doesn't nourish you, but it, it, it's fun. And yeah. Well, good. it's, I think, um, I think yeah, it's, it's, t- it's a good, I mean, it's good that people are like, I, I it's, you didn't even say he, he didn't like it. He's just saying, it's not what I think of as it's cinema, even though well, he did, he thing- did say, I, I'm not seeing this. Uh, or he he hasn't seen any of the recent ones. Well, he said he, I tried, tried, but he I don't tried. Know. And I don't. I really don't think any of the movie. If he if he started off with Iron Man or any of the earlier ones, I I mean, I don't know. The, I mean, today, I mean the the special effects have changed, but the essence of it has not changed. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean. We haven't done a Marvel episode in a while, but our our here at Two Thumbs Undecided, we're not the biggest fan of Marvel films. I think me more so than Zach. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any since uh, Avengers. Uh, what was the one before Endgame? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. I haven't seen any since Infinity War. Um, See, I don't. I mean, I don't mind Marvel movies. I I just you know I definitely think I in a sense do agree with uh i don't i don't know if i would go so far as saying they're not cinema because that's the old adage of like it's a film Mm -hmm. Uh, a movie a movie is a movie but some i would say are reserved more into the art art status yeah but um i think this is uh i think part of what he was saying though as well is like whenever he says it's like an amusement park it's this also isn't a new. A lot of people are like, "This is like, oh, he's old." I, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it is an insult to some. Like, it was an insult to James Gunn, who got upset by it. He was just like, well, "Oh, he, the, he, his his Twitter thing was weird. He was comparing it to last, or not comparing. He used Last Temptation of Christ in oh. the same breath of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, see, guard. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ was like controversial and really pushing the boundaries uh, of like you know s- storytelling and taking this old you know the Bible story and mm-hmm. turning it on its head of mm-hmm. a what if Guardians of the Galaxy is like <laughs> didn't do anything it just told a new story about these wacky characters and yeah. wasn't pushing the boundaries so I would not I I don't think his comment was. I think I understand where his comment was coming from about like don't judge my movie unless you've seen it, but uh, 
Well, don't, don't put it in the same breath as last yeah. invasion of Christ. Well, regardless, it, this this opens up a, a much larger conversation, which will be the theme for the day, um, which is really comparing the new Hollywood, the not the new Hollywood, because that's kind of confusing. The new Hollywood, which is Hollywood from the 70s and 80s to current Hollywood, which is has yet to get a name. Uh, but before so, we get into yeah. that, I do want to read the this ad. Um, I'm supposed to read it verbatim. Um, and I'll try to spruce it up a little bit for you, Zach. Um, uh, so after more than a year of dreaming, researching, experimenting, late night conference calls and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me team is happy and proud to present to you the Me bottle. This double insulated, reusable stainless steel bottle disinfects water in 60 second cycle. Utilizing UVC LED technology and is 99.99% effective against E. coli. A single charge via micro USB lasts up to 30 days. And the bright LED displays let you know when water is, quote, ready to drink. Join us in bringing clean water to all. Raise your bottle and drink to you and me. (laughs) Find out more at mebottle.com. There you go. That didn't do anything for me. Oh, my deal. Okay. What do you want me to do? I'm supposed to read it verbatim. I mean, no, no, that was good. It's just like, uh, you know, it's the. Uh, what? Didn't, uh, doesn't make me want to get the product. Well, I don't want to say anything about our sponsors. Anyways, um, uh, um, so yeah, the topic for today is um this thing so this thing of comparing about, like, the old and the new the new and the old, yeah. the old and the new or just um yeah like analyzing kind of the the sensibility of today's world to that of uh a yesteryear so Martin Scorsese and the old you know 80s uh, 70s director they're the, they're old they're old and maybe a little out of time i just Listen to an interview with Martin Scorsese where he was kind of saying the same thing about the the uh, Marvel Universe, saying like he's not really interested in new actors, what, um, or really keeps it up with the movies of today because he's making his own stuff. Um, so I wonder if there comes a time when you know you get so old, you just don't care about it, and that I think that's why Martin Scorsese, that, like I almost. I'm like, hey, <laughs> out of all the people to say that comment about the Marvel Universe, um, I would say it would be him and not mm-hmm. get too much flack since he did so much for – I mean, he, he's not I, – I don't think he's talking out of his ass at all because he's like a true film historian. Yeah. He's contributed to film exponentially. So out of people who know what they're talking about, and, you know, and can say and define truly what cinema is, uh, I would say it would be him. Anyways, um, yeah, these people are getting old uh, and they're a little out of touch. They probably don't use Twitter or Instagram. Or- Which is why it's so funny because a lot of people are like the kids of today who are, are like trying to tr- like bring him into this conversation by finding his Twitter account. And talking to him on Twitter, and there's nothing like he doesn't have a Twitter or anything. Is that is that something? Are people trying to tweet at him? Yeah, people are trying to Marvel. People are trying to like dig up old tweets of his, but he has nothing. What? There's nothing. There's no what? tweets. 
That's so dumb. No, it's such I, a, any of these, it's such these a, people don't have Twitter or Instagram. Like, it's such was, a, well, was, David Lynch does. He does? Well, David he, Lynch has a Twitter. Well, that's good for him because I got to say, I think he's one of those, you know, he was born in the right era, but I think he would have, yeah, I think he was born in a, a good era to be David Lynch, but I could see him being like a Timothy Chalamet oh, type he of would, kid. What Timothy like, Chalamet? No, David well, Lynch I mean, is like a director. A, he would be, no, I'm just saying he would be some moody, yeah, oh, gothy. No, I mean, I think I would, would compare him more to, um, like the uh, what's the guy that's doing Lighthouse? What's his name? Robert. Oh, I don't know, but I would agree with that. I think like that, he would be that kind of that kind of director, Ari Aster. Um. What is the name again? Can can you look? But, uh, let me look that up. Yeah, sure. But yeah, David Lynch would be like much more into Instagram and posting about his coffee and Twitter and blah blah. Posting blah. about his coffee, yeah. Um, uh, he, he, you know, David it's Lynch Robert makes, Eggers, by the way. He's the guy that did Lighthouse. Um, David Lynch makes his own coffee. He has a coffee brand. Really? Yes, sir. Wow. Francis Ford Coppola has his wine. David Lynch has his coffee. Yeah, Barry uh, Barry Lynch's... Jenkins has his own tea. Um, really? Yeah, and What's it called? Uh, it's called uh, the Bear Jenkins. The Bear tea. and Me. It's called. I don't. It's bear. called Bear and Me. It's just a picture of him hugging a bear. Oh, and that's cute. Yeah, and it's on. It's tea, and then they're being doused with tea, and it's like steamy, Ugh. and it's like ooh, it's like a little hot. Also, Barry Jenkins is naked. Oh. Um, oh can, no! Yeah. Is he is he facing us with his? No, it's just his, 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 his naked little little behind hugging. But <laughs> his naked little oh, behind he's hugging. hugging. The, wait, he's he's hugging the bear with his butt. <laughs> no, no, he's hugging it from the front, and uh, the bear is hugging. You really only can see the bear's face, but it's like the oh, shaman the, the shaman ultra bear. So it's like a cross. No. He, uh, he's actually being sued by Shaman Ultra right now because um, no wonder we haven't heard of he, from him in verbatim, a while. He he literally ripped the right from the commercial. It's like a cutout of you the can thing. you can actually see the like where he photoshopped it. Yeah, like, the cutout mark. And uh, uh, Lulu Wang is the yeah. one that's pouring the tea on them, and she's like laughing as she does it. Anyways, um, so a little bit ad for uh, Bear and Me. Um, but yeah, so the the new and old. One of the things also about the big when I see that like the big difference from the new and the uh, the new wave and current, the new wave came about because of um, the French new wave. The new wave was this; they were all kind of c- c- like together with this common creed of doing it. Like it was like the new; it was the first round of filmmakers who came out of colleges. These were actually educated people the in film, film. school. People. Yeah, the film school people. This is when, yeah, OG film school people, they have studied film, and but now they're also looking towards France, towards Czech, towards Japan, and looking have- towards a lot of different other countries to take influence from. So this but was something that they have in common with us new filmmakers today what? is that they were coming from a sense of angst. You well, know, isn't like all filmmakers and- like that? I mean, yes, but I'm talking about, you know, they're the boomer generation. So they were coming from families who were that clean cutter, cookie cutter, you know, they got the pink flamingo in their lawn. They're they're all their parents come from war, mm-hmm. you know. 
So they're, you know, that strict discipline, mm-hmm. that perfect family of a nuclear family, you know, cutting the grass type of, <laughs> yep. kind of stuff. I'm just saying, like, I think we're coming. No, we, I mean, our parents didn't go through war of that magnitude, World War II, but I'm seeing like an angst, you know, today there's definitely an angst of rebellion yeah. against politics. But and also, to survive. those. The thing is, is like the directors of today, like for instance, James Gunn, but also some of the, it's hard to kind of define. The other reason I brought up the directors of, of the, the, the new wave is they were definitely unified. Like they had this thing. Like, let me, um, I found this quote I want to read um, from uh, uh, John uh, Meckes, John Meckes, um, where he says, um uh he wrote we are for art we are not at the expense of life we don't want false polished slick films we prefer them rough unpolished but alive we don't want rosy films we want them the color of blood so there was like actual writings about like what this new wave like what new directors want there was a much more combined thing but now directors there really is no one thing that unites them there is no creed there is nothing really the only thing that i would say that unites modern directors are A24. I would say A24. A24 and also Marvel films. And Marvel films. It's it's like if you get into this business, there's there's probably a chance you're going to get poached to direct a a superhero film. Yeah. And I think um, those really are the two camps for new directors. Because I think Marvel films... Let's think about other... I mean, what about... I, I think another thing is... You have YouTube. You have well. That's where, okay. We're getting. Also, t- well, that's the thing. Is like back in the day, they only had three channels on a TV. It wasn't streaming. Yeah. The you know movies was a true escape. Like it was a specialty. Yeah. Now you can have a screen in front of you like nothing. So the specialty of a movie is, I think, dead. It's very hard to get that feeling that they probably felt back in the day of like it's a present well i think we're just so accustomed to it now i think they would also argue back then that they were the new wave was also a response to television becoming bigger and bigger although television it was only like a few channels it was definitely a lot of people were worried about television um kind of destroying cinema as they knew it and so the this new cinema was kind of like this way to rebel against that. And also, in the 90s, there was another wave. And it was kind of what we think, like, true indie, the true indie wave of what we think of today, also started in the same way of, like, now there's, you can watch these movies at home. You don't need to go, or you don't need to wait to see it on TV. You don't need to go. You can actually buy the VHS of it. And so that's when a lot of new indie films kind of started and also revamped, like, this new wave of film. And today... You're right. There is like a lot of uh, YouTube and there's just so many different things happening. And I don't see Hollywood has yet to really revitalize itself outside of A24 or just going down the extreme other polarized way, which is these huge multi multi million dollar films, Marvel. So it's funny. Another thing about the conversation about the Martin Scorsese thing 
is, you know, they're saying about how, like, he's never made a movie that made over a billion dollars, which I think is a dumb comment because that's like saying (laughs) this five star Michelin uh, restaurant. It it can't be that great because McDonald's is making billions of dollars. Well, this only makes a million dollars. I'd rather have McDonald's. Thank you. Yeah. When it comes to money, it's just. You know, it's easier to digest. People probably would rather go see a Marvel movie, like in a group setting, than say go see um, Beanpole. You know? Yeah. Like if I sat down, friends, right now, my group would definitely be rather. Uh, I think I think the ratio of people who would rather see an action movie with a bunch of friends than say a super artsy film, I think it would lean towards more to the action side because they're easy to. They're easier to digest, which is why I think him saying that they're like theme park it, it is that is true. But also, is this a new thing? Like, Mar- although Marvel is definitely an extreme, it is it's it's very easy well, to point at Marvel. But like in there has been there's always been these big films, right? That have cowboy movies. We, we talk, actually we talked about this on other podcasts, but the cowboy films, I feel like were the superhero movies of that day. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you well, they hear weren't about really these in cow- the 70s as much. No, they definitely were died out by then. Um, yeah, but that was but that was to- that was more of just old. That was more of that's like an even before the new Hollywood. That was like very genre based Hollywood of the golden age. Well, that's what they grew up on, because you hear about these directors talking about like what their favorite movies are, and they can list off a whole bunch of like cowboy i mean there's a few cowboy films on the afi's top 100 yeah. you know searchers shane you got shane searchers high noon yeah i mean i, I you don't see it i don't think thing is is i don't think we're gonna see if they revamp this one top 100 list i'm trying to think if they would add say three superhero films onto that list like dark knight Maybe the Joker? Who knows? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, also, whoever is... I don't know who's in charge of that list. Um, but also something that I think is interesting as well is when we look at these... When we're talking about the new directors, we we look at Barry Jenkins, and we're looking Barry at... Jenkins. We're looking at James Gunn. These directors are all... Not uh, really. Who's the, who's the director who did uh, Forgiven or Farewell? The Farewell. Oh, Lulu Wang. Um, you know, you got yeah. Actually, actually, let me let me see if that. Um, we really are kind of talking about the A twenty four gang. The A twenty four gang that's... and the Marvel gang, although they are separate, they're really the two people I can think of most, or the two groups the most who are incorporating these new directors. Because like, although Marvel is very old guard, taking these old old stories. They are actually doing a good job of bringing in, um, uh, what's it called? Like new young directors. Like for instance, a lot of people point to uh, Black Panther as like one of the best, um, one of the best films, and that has Ryan Coogler, who is fairly. I feel like he's. I feel like he's fairly. Oh, he's only thirty three. Um, and he's he has. I mean, he did Creed, but he's only done three movies. Uh, really. Yeah, oh, but Fruitfield Station, Creed, and then that, yeah. uh, Black Panther. So he's made three movies that made over its budget. 
But so those really are the two films. But like I said, they're I don't really know what combines them as much as just the fact that there hasn't it's harder to define this new this this new set of Hollywood people. Because yeah. I, I mean, they my- they like old cinema. They like Scorsese, and also I feel like, also I mean, there is more than just Scorsese. Like I think we should also point that out. People are just pointing towards Scorsese because he's kind of the poster boy. Scorsese. But yeah. there are so many other like new wave: De Palma, um, Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, what's his face? Um, the guy that did um, being there, Hal Atsby. Um, there was. Oh yeah, uh, baby. Uh, I guess to a degree, Roman, Roman Polanski. I mean, that's just a fact. He was uh, part of the the new wave. Yeah, but he he's um, canceled. Now. He's canceled, but he was part of the new wave. Um, was he though? Uh, Spielberg, yeah, he was. Spielberg, Lucas, kind of. Uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, Coppola. Um, these the were Copes. all part of the new wave. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, but now like uh, all these people, like it's. It's just media is so hard to define these days. Because if you talk to Barry Jenkins, Barry Jenkins is also kind of a cinephile. Like, Barry Jenkins would be the sort of person that knows a shit ton of film. He would say this is like this. And, like, he would talk about, like, the, 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 um, aspect like, he talked ratio. about the aspect, he talk about the aspect ratio. But he talks, you know, like, the movie, <laughs> the, like, yellow, red, and blue or something like that. There was, like, this, this, yes. this those films. It's, yeah, you got them all right except for yellow. It's white. Oh, okay, white, red, and blue. Um, which I guess this is America or any or France or, or French or I guess I don't know. Anyways, but he would talk about those films. Um, but these directors, like, there isn't a creed with A twenty four. Really, A twenty four. I think the only thing I can really think of um that is different from today than it was from yesteryears at least with A24, is the immersion of a lot of a lot more diversity. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when it... I mean, that's huge, though, of, like, having a lot more diversity in film. I mean, Barry Jenkins is a person of color. Lulu Wang is a, uh, a Chinese woman. Um, and these people are getting these big motion distribution releases. And that is something that is different from the, the, the new Hollywood but also this it's not as yeah. there has yet to be a a word for these people um and people aren't uh, really you're saying are you saying that we should uh invent a word like a word kind of like how uh Jack Kerouac uh, created the beat I think he I think coined the beat I want generation. a word I don't know if he created it but I want a word I want a word for our new generation also something else I was going to say a lot of the directors now like if we're talking about Lulu Wing, Barry Jenkins, uh, I guess we keep saying James Gunn. I how? Anyways, these directors are all in their late thirties, early forties, and a lot of the the new wave directors are in their twenties. Was started and started being big in their twenties. Oh, no, so I think really, they, I think they were really getting going around their like early thirties because eh. Mean Streets. Martin Scorsese was twenty seven when he did Mean Streets. Steven Spielberg is kind of a weird anomaly. In that sense, because he started off so young, uh, but he didn't really get going. I think till I guess you're 30s. right. I guess you're right. Yeah. So I guess maybe like late twenties, mid thirties is kind of. But like you oh, start, and I'll, I think the business was much different then too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, 
I mean, there's a whole book on it, but uh, the movie system was desperate for yeah. new blood. But now that be- because we have the you you know YouTube, Instagram, and all these different sources, I think it's easier for companies to see who the talent is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know they can just pick anybody and place them as a new director. Or yeah. Something. Now we're really in this time in which it seems, in a way, that studios like the golden age of studios is kind of being revitalized. But at the same time, there's like this juxtaposition of Marvel and A24, like the indie films of the nineties made a huge, like a huge impact on cinema of the fact that literally anyone can go out, shoot something. I mean, just look at what's his face. The guy that did clerks. What's his name? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Just look at Kevin Smith. He literally shot this thing, all his own money. And then he became Kevin Smith. Or like a lot of these, so it's like this huge wave. Yeah. His name was Robert. Uh, yeah. Robert uh, Patterson, uh, actually. His name is, yeah, his name was Robert Patterson before he became Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, then Robert story. Patterson was just like, oh, I'm. Uh, can I take this name? And Rob- it's yeah, actually Robert a name Patterson that's yeah. Was unnamed for a long time, mm-hmm. and then he saw Clerks and was like, oh, I want to be Robert Patterson. <laughs> he had no name until he got his first role. And he's like, you he need a, uh, and then he said, like, can I, can I change my name to Robert Patterson? And he's like, oh, you mean like as a, as a, you know, a pen name is your student name? He's like, no, as my oh. name, I don't have a name. It's like, oh, all right. You want to take, uh, you want to take Kevin, uh, whatever his name. I keep on wanting to say Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're the, they're basically the same they, thing, they, right? They, he was on like most of their movies, I think. You um, know, we, we talk a lot about American films, but we haven't really talked. I mean, we have ten minutes left, but there's a whole world of. I mean, I have well, right in front of me. I don't want to. Uh, I didn't want to really get into like world cinema because that is a huge conversation. I mean, really, the only thing uh, I can think about with world we cinema. We haven't even talked. I I don't think we've ever talked about Bollywood on this. Well, yeah, I guess I just don't know that much about Bollywood is the main thing. What are you talking about? For viewers at home, I would consider Bollywood to be a little bit of our uh, childhood. How? Because our, um, well, I mean. I mean, I know uh, our mom liked Bollywood, but I mean, we never really watched that many Bollywood films. I I mean, I had a few friends who would, I mean, actually, no, I, I guess I didn't. Well, I mean, I've watched a few Bollywood films, and I'm not talking about Slumdog Millionaire. I'm okay. talking true Bollywood movies. Right. Um, um, they're good. Well, anyways. What's it called? Uh, Mother <clears throat> India. Anyways. <laughs> Maybe we should wrap it up before we talk about the films, but I, um, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if we came to any conclusion or anything. I just... No, I, guess, I think our conclusion is is that we need... That uh, you're going to hear it here, folks. We're going to come up with a term for this... Uh, new line of of a group because i do think we need deserve do they deserve uh a i mean there's not they they never came up what was the the title for the 90s it was just the the well it's there was like the new wave for the the uh new hollywood i guess 90s was just the indie like it was was the rise of indie like there was just oh, the Sunday, films. yeah. It was just the rise of the like what we think of as now of of independent films came from the '90s, and then this time I don't know. I guess they have yet. I I just think someone it could be us, could be someone needs to like figure out a name for this time. I, I think it would be I think it would be cool to come up with a name. Yeah, 
Um, because so once we have a name, and I think once you get a creed a little bit going, I think there'll you be you start to love it. You could start to point to it towards something instead of just being like, "Oh, everything's run by Marvel nowadays." You can be like, "No, there is the gobbledygook wave." The gobbledygook, yeah, the the gobbledygook. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a it's like a pet. You know, they say don't name uh, you know, if you're a farmer, don't name your animals because it causes you to love them mm-hmm. well this industry is not going away anytime soon so we need to come up with a word so we can love it mm-hmm. and for right now i think the pen name should just be the gobbledygooks the gobbledygooks yeah or it could be is the that, uh the the amusement parks to to riff off of scorsese maybe maybe uh, the, uh, the theme park generation the thing well not the generation but the theme yeah maybe i don't know we're the theme park boys <laughs> and girls um all right oh, so true, anyways yeah. uh let's talk about some of the films we've seen um in our last little bit of time oh. what have you seen uh, you do yours i have to just uh okay so the two uh, films that i saw all yesterday matter of fact um was ad astra which i really disliked um i was surprised on how much i disliked the film i thought the narration i, I thought the narration of it was kind of stupid uh i didn't see why he was giving a narration also my biggest issue with the film was this random love story they threw in you you know what i'm talking about uh i don't think that was really a love are you talking about what are you talking about they had like this thing where it, it was so small the in the story hell but are you talking about well i'm saying what i'm talking about it was so small in the story but um one of the whole things was like, don't choose like the nothingness of like, don't focus on the nothingness of universe and being alone and all this stuff when you'll just go insane, like focus on the people around you and like staying, like staying true to, and like part of the thing that they did is they just threw in this love story that was only like, you just, it just was so thrown together that it was just shots of these two people together. And it was, it was just not well done at all. No, um, I thought the I thought I thought the love it it I think the love story was okay. I don't think it was performed well. I mean, like portrayed well, but I, I think it was needed. I don't think it was. It I was think a, it, it might have no, been needed. I just think it was done horribly. Like I think it was like a, oh, okay. a it was like a rewrite. Like it was just like oh wait, we need to have something that ties him to Earth. Uh, let's just throw in a few scenes of him with this random girl, and it was Liz just Taylor. like Taylor. Liz Taylor, yeah, with Liz Taylor. And then, it, like, it, the last shot of the film is a shot of Liz Taylor seeing him. And I was just like, what is this relationship? There's no relationship here. I don't know. What is this? Um, it would have been funny if um, Brad Pitt, like, for this is my made-up ending, but Brad Pitt came home to live, live Taylor? Liz, mm-hmm. live? Anyways, Liz Taylor, and he's coming home, and she opens up the door, and standing behind him, her, is his dad. Mm-hmm. Steve Taylor. That would be dope. Tyler. It's Steve Tyler. Oh, that's a gotcha. So it's Liz Tyler is her name. Anyways, Ad Astra Anyways. was boring. The other movie I saw was King oh, of Comedy, which I loved. Uh, I watched oh, it in it, preparation oh, for Joker. Um, yes. So good. I'm it is. Weirdly I, I thought it fantastic. would be. I thought for some reason, I thought Raging Bull after Raging Bull score says he went into like a low point and he did like some films that weren't that great. But this was amazing. Like, this was such a good, unique... Also, seeing Robert De Niro not as a mobster, but still in a Scorsese film, was it, really it's a, cool. It's a role I've never seen him, or really any... Like, it's it's weird to see an actor like that do that kind of role. And also, 
having uh, Jerry Lewis not playing this over-the-top, you know, nutty professor kind of yeah. character. Yeah, it was uh, It was really, I mean, it was from the 80s, so obviously it's had a little bit of time, but it also had a little bit of, like, people were connecting it with the Joker since De Niro kind of flipped roles uh, of being the comedian that is, like, loved in Joker. Um, but it was so I good. Like and I, like I loved every second that of that it. That character is actually the same character from the Joker. I like to think so. I mean, we haven't but seen like, it, so we'll see if there's any connections. Um, but what have you seen? Um, okay, I've seen the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. It's an uh, it's a 1970s uh, surrealist movie. Uh, it's fantastic. It's about the six bourgeoisie people trying to eat dinner, but they keep getting interrupted by surrealist things and dreams. It it like it's directed by it's directed by Luis Buñuel. Did, did you hear that? Not really. Do it again. Uh, Luis Buñuel. All right. Uh, it's a, he's a famous director from the he's like he was best friends with uh, Salvador uh, Dali. You know Dali. Yeah. Um, but it's a great movie. It, it has very like weird scenes where like they're at dinner and all of a sudden like um, this like uh, one of the uh, people at the dinner's friends comes up to them with like a message and the guy like whispers into the friend's ear and uh, the the man at the table says, "Ah yes, my friend here would like to tell all of you about a dream he had." <laughs> and then he goes into this dream. And it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like someone will stop somebody on the side of the uh, road and be like, excuse me, can I tell you about my traumatic uh, childhood? And then what is it like, called yeah, again? Okay. It's called the uh, discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. It's interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. It's not too, it's not too like st- um, stylized that it's unsettling, but it, it's pretty good. I highly suggest it. Well, there you go. Um, so tune in next week uh, for our show. Um, we're going to be having the interview um, and probably talking about the Joker and talking about just, you know, maybe the different Jokers throughout history. I don't know. Because um, there's been a few now. Um, but yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, Goodbye. Peace. Golden and brilliant without illumination Your mouth's a constellation The stars are in your eyes I'll take a spaceship and try and go and find you I won't hurt you, I won't hurt you I won't hurt you